Good morning. All right, if y'all will take your seats, we're gonna get started. I um, was in a small group, Lindsay Rook and I led a small group with Kayla. Where is she now? I don't even know. There she is. Um, when she was at Roanoke College. And Kayla is one of the reasons why I am a hugger now. Kayla has always been a really intense, like strong hugger, you know? Yeah, like she wants to hold you tight. And she kind of broke down my barriers of hugging because I was not a hugger. But I wanted to take it a level further with Kayla and she has rejected me because now that we wear masks, I feel like I can hug her and kiss her on the mouth. But every time she just pushes me away. So I gotta break down that barrier with Kayla now while we are still wearing masks. Um, throw up that first slide. I'm gonna get you after church, Kayla. Um, this is Revelation 4, and it kind of makes me laugh that, um, that Josh had us do a lot of breathing and centering ourselves because I'm getting ready to do the same thing. I'm gonna run y'all through an exercise that I have been doing um, maybe since the end of last year. And I, I, what I do is I get down on my knees before the Lord and I do this, but Kayla says that if I get down on my knees, um, the folks online won't be able to see me because it only, it cuts off it right here. So um, if you do feel comfortable and you wanna get down on your knees, please, by all means. But if not, just close your eyes and go through this exercise with me. Revelation 4, 10. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. Now with your hands on your head, do it or don't, it's up to you, over your crown, whatever it is that you believe brings you value, that brings you worth, think about the things that you rely on for safety, for protection, for provision, for status. I want you to take those things and remove that crown and lay it before the throne of Jesus, because he is worthy to receive our glory and honor and power. And as we do this, I like to do this because it reminds me that it is my choice to lay down my worship and the honor that I have to give to Jesus. And the physical action of taking off our crown and laying it before the throne I think sets our eyes on the Lord and it writes our hearts. Today we're talking about discipleship. So I don't know if Jeff and Josh planned to have the video with Kayla, but I feel like I don't even have to talk because that video pretty much sums up what discipleship is. Um, so who's Star Wars fans? Who's watching The Mandalorian? Who's like seen Star Wars a couple times? Like you enjoy it? Raise your hand. You see, you know, Lord of the Rings, that kind of stuff. 
all right, you people are not my people. I cannot stand Star Wars. I don't like Lord of the Rings. Star Trek, that was one of our first dates. We went to a Star Trek movie and I fell asleep because they're the most boring things I've ever watched. So Josh says that we're supposed to like wrap this up with Star Wars. But as soon as he starts explaining to me the parallel between This is the Way and The Mandalorian, like my eyes just kind of glaze over and I'm like, okay. So draw a parallel from discipleship if you want with like Jedi training or whatever those things are. But I am not gonna weave it in for you. Um, all right, so discipleship. I think discipleship can be a pretty intimidating, um, overwhelming word. It sounds really serious, you know? Um, it sounds like you have to, in order to disciple people, you have to have it all together and you have to have the answers and you have to have a plan. And I'm gonna challenge us today to rethink what it means to disciple somebody. Um, I'm gonna challenge us to maybe consider that it's not necessarily having intentional material as much as it is having intentional time with people. Um, discipleship is one of the ways, and as we saw with the video, that the gospel is spread and passed along. Um, not too long ago, I had somebody that I really love say, ask me, do you really believe all of this stuff? And immediately my heart is like, yes. Of course, like a resounding yes. But as I continued to ponder the question, it made me really go back to the basics of what it is that I believe. Do I really believe that there is one God? That that one God sent his son to earth, that that one God has one way to him, that he sent his son to earth to walk alongside us to live a perfect life, to be a visible image of the invisible God for humanity to see. That that son, Jesus, then took on the penalty of our sins, of all of the things that we do that, are, that keep us separated from a holy God, that he took on those sins, went to death on the cross, was crucified, died, was buried, remained in the grave, in the state of death for three days, and came back up and walked out of the grave. Do I really believe that I worship a God who lived as fully God and fully human, conquered death, rose again, spent some time with his disciples, hanging out with them, grilling fish for breakfast, which sounds like a terrible breakfast, hanging out and then rising again. He ascended into heaven where he came and took a seat by the Father at his right hand because he deserves the honor of the position of the right hand of God and because he was done. His works were finished and he could sit. Yes, absolutely I believe that. Do I believe, <laughs> do I believe that this isn't it? Because you know what, that's a great story. Um, and, and it makes following Jesus worth following simply because he's God and he conquered death. But do I believe that that's it? 
No. I think each of us have a desire for an easier life. I think we all want things to be perfect. Like there's something within our DNA that says, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. There is part of us that desires to live in a world where there aren't hurts and sickness and struggles and toil and working and working with the result of nothing. In a, res in a world where there aren't miscarriages and broken relationships and woundings. And I think that we have that desire in us because I also believe in the story of creation that long ago at the beginning of time, there was God and the Word. And the Word is another name for Jesus. And the two of them were in perfect relationship. And they decided to create the world. They created the heavens and the earth. They created the seas and the sky, the birds, the fish, the animals. And after some time, they created man. And man dwelt in this beautiful environment where everything was perfect and there was not death and destruction and war. And that man looked around and at everything God had created, he couldn't find a suitable companion. And so then God created woman. And man and woman dwelt together in this garden in a relationship that didn't have strife, that didn't have anger, that wasn't fighting for jealousy or power. And it says in scripture that God walked with them in the cool of the evening. So not only did this man and woman have right relationship with each other, but they had right relationship with God. They had unhindered access to the creator of the universe. Everything was perfect. And I believe that everything is going to be perfect again. And that's what makes following Jesus so worth it, because this isn't it. We are destined for something greater, something that we can't even imagine. And the way that we know this is because we've had some great disciples in the past, and we've had some great discipleship. I've learned these stories from my Young Life leaders, from being on staff, from friends that are pursuing Christ. These stories and this truth is passed down through the method of discipleship. It's the way that the gospel is proclaimed. It's lives affecting other lives for the pure purpose of bringing them into an eternal relationship with Jesus. We are gonna look at two passages. We're gonna first look at Matthew 28. Um, Matthew 28, 10 through, I don't know, oh, 18. Matthew 10, 18 through 20. Okay, so um, Jesus has, like we've already walked through, Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. He's come back. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. So he's getting ready to leave his disciples, his buddies, the guys that followed him around for three years. They walked a lot together. They ate a lot together. 
They had a lot of sleepovers. They watched Jesus interact with people on a daily basis. We don't have any, anything in here that says Jesus sat down with his disciples, gave them a piece of paper and a feather pin, and said, let's go through the Torah. Now, I'm not saying there's not value in understanding and doing studies, but what Jesus did was he lived his life with these folks, and he took daily circumstances, and he articulated them in a way that had value to the kingdom. I think a good way to find out what people in history were really all about is to look at the last few things they say before they die. So this is not, Jesus has already died and conquered death, but he is getting ready to go up to heaven. And this is what he says to his followers. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. The one thing that Jesus wants his followers to do is to go and share the story about him and what he offers to other people and make more followers, make more disciples. It says, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. What are some of the things that Jesus commands? Because I think sometimes we read the word obey and we're like, I don't want to obey. I want to make my own decisions. But what is it that Jesus asks us to do? I should have given you all a heads up that I was going to. What are some of his commands? Just give me a few. Love your neighbor. Anybody else? Watch. Love the Lord your God. Watch out for the widows and the orphans. Forgive people. Give generously. Don't judge. Don't show favoritism. I mean, are these the type of things that you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do my own thing. No. Like the stuff that Jesus is asking us to do is for our good. It actually brings rest to our souls. Another great discipler that I think of is Moses. So if we go to this next slide, in Deuteronomy, you know, Josh said I would have to kind of talk Moses off the pedestal, kind of bring him down to a relatable term. But I, I mean, when you look at Moses, I mean, sure, he led an entire nation out of slavery. But you know what? He didn't want to talk to them because he was too scared. He was too self-conscious. So he actually had his older brother be his mouthpiece. But Moses walked a life with the Lord. And when he brought the folks, the Israelites, out of slavery, and he wandered around with them for 40 years, that's a lot of time with people. That's a lot of one-on-one -on -one living. They get to the edge of the promised land, and Moses knows that he's not going to actually be able to cross over into the promised land that God has given them. He knows that he is going to die while he is still on the other side. So Moses, in his last days, takes some time to speak to the people and tell them what he thinks is important. And he starts it off by this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, 
to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them. And he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. Just in this little paragraph, I think we have what it is to disciple. So let's throw up that next slide. This is what Moses is saying. You want to know how to disciple somebody? I'm telling you, if you know one of these Bible stories, if you have one experience that you can look at in your life and go, I saw God working this way, then you are ready to disciple. And here's some things that we want to pass on when we are discipling. Fear the Lord, not be scared of the Lord, not the Lord's going to get me if I make a mistake, he's going to strike me with lightning. But as we did at the beginning of the, the service, we take time to give reverence to him. He is worthy to receive our honor and our glory. He has created the heavens, even the highest heavens. His power is limitless, and yet his compassion knows no end towards us. Fear the Lord. Give awe and respect to the Lord. Walk in obedience. And I love how Moses is, um, how he says, He's telling us to walk in obedience, and he's giving us these commands, and he's saying, um, do it for your own good. I'm not telling you to obey just for the purpose of obeying. This is for your own good. Love him. You can't love somebody you don't know. When we're discipling people, as we saw in, Kayla, in the video with Kayla, we teach people to get to know Jesus, to actually tune their minds to him, Hey, where have you seen Jesus today or this week? Tell me what's going on with your relationship. We love people that we know and to serve him. Everybody says that, you know, there's no better feeling than volunteering, than serving somebody else. When we're serving other people, we're serving the Lord. And check your heart. Moses says, circumcise your heart. So in the Old Testament, Israel an external sign of them being set apart to the Lord was circumcision. But Moses is saying it's more than that. God's not interested in any external signs that say you're set apart for the Lord. He is interested in our heart. He wants us to look at our heart, examine that, set our hearts apart for him. And finally, he says... Do not be stiff-necked any longer. So think about when you pull a muscle, you know, and you can't move. Like you can't move your head, so you got to kind of slowly turn. Moses is saying, relax that neck. Be ready to listen to the Lord wherever he is speaking, to turn where you see him, to bow down before him. Our pride and our self-reliance keeps our neck stiff, our nose up. We're too good. We don't need to submit. We don't need to obey. Relax your neck. 
the Lord will lead you and he will be faithful and his plan is way better than anything that we can come up with. Discipleship is not as intimidating as it sounds. It's simply sharing the stories of Jesus that are found here that anybody can read. And you know what? If you're illiterate, there's actually an audio Bible on your phones so you don't have any excuse. Everybody can learn the stories of Jesus that are found in this New Testament. Share the stories with others. Live your lives intentionally with those around you. Jeff said that we've all been called to mission, that we have been intentionally placed where we are to reach out to those around you. So wherever you are in life, whoever's around you, that's your field. Live your lives intentionally with those around you and encourage others to share their stories about Jesus. I want you to know the purpose of this talk today is for me to communicate to you and beyond doubt that you are equipped, that you are capable, and that you are ready to live your lives intentionally with Jesus and to encourage others around you to do the same. There is no greater thing in life than to share the gospel of the one true God who came to this world in order for us to have relationship with him. Don't be stiff-necked. Bow down, submit, and follow where he leads you. back up and we uh, move into closing out our service, here's what I want us to do. You know, we, it's funny how the Holy Spirit moves and, and says things um, that we didn't even plan. But, you know, this combination of this bless, your, bless Every Home website and um, this idea of being called to a place and to people who are close to you but maybe far from God. So as they're getting ready, as we're jumping into this next song of worship, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down two names, two names of people that are close to you. And I don't want you to necessarily go out and start sharing with them right away, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God what your role in their life is. What is he inviting you to do? And it starts with prayer. That's number one, obviously. So now you only have to come up with one right? But write their name down. Hold them up to the Lord in prayer and then say, Lord, how do you want me to relate? How do you want me to, to be a blessing, to share, to encourage, to equip, to invite this person, these people? So just as we lead into worship, let this be an opportunity to really do this. Not just come to hear a nice talk on Sunday, but that God is calling you and me to pray for those people around us, to identify them by name so that we can be part of his process, part of his movement in the world to bring everybody, bless everybody through us. So let's pray. Would you stand with me?
Father, you have called us by name. We are your people. We are here because we are your people. Whether we're struggling to believe that, whether we're wrestling with what that means in our life, none of that matters. Because the truth is, Jesus, you have called us by name. And so we just hold out to you, God, our life, the place where we are, the people that you have surrounded us with. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you'd give us moments to see with clarity what's going on. What are you doing in their life? What are you doing in us? And God, where do those two overlap that we might begin to share and hear and see this story that you're blowing up all around us. So as we worship you now, Jesus, I pray that you would continue to speak. Holy Spirit, we just give you the floor in our lives and in the lives of those around us. If you would, right where you are, just raise your hands to the Lord, acknowledging that he is God that he is the creator of everything around us. And just say in your heart, Lord, I got a lot of doubts. I got a lot of stuff going on. But this morning, I believe, I believe all of this stuff. Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth and the life. I believe that you have a mission and a purpose for me. I believe that you have called me by name. I believe that you have placed me exactly where you want me, and I believe that you have put the people around me, Lord, that I could love and bless in a way that only you have created me to do. So, Lord, I lift up my neighbor. I lift up the people that you have placed on my life, and I pray, God, however you want to use me, However you want to use us. Pray that you would do it. Jesus, we surrender to you this morning. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.